Good morning. This is James with 77 Financial Group. You're listening to 15 Minutes of Finance, where in the next 15 minutes, I bet I can get you excited about investing. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. Happy Monday, everybody. We have a huge week in the news. I have quite a few stories I want to get into, uh, but we got to do the term of the day. We got to do the term of the day. So there's actually going to be two today. One is the very first ever official uh, James-ism. We're creating a term now. We're on that level, guys. I've deemed we're on that level. Uh, obviously, we're not on that <laughs> on that level yet, but there are um, some important days that I want to talk about, and there's a term for it. So everybody knows, remember, remember the 5th of November, right? If not because of history, then from the movie V for Vendetta. Well, I want you guys to remember the four days of November. So remember, remember the four days of November. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, it's it's really simple because this month is huge, especially this week, this first week, maybe the second week uh, of the month are going to be huge for earnings or sorry, just for investment news in general. Well, first is because on the second. So is that three days from now? I think that's Tuesday. Yeah. So Tuesday, the Federal Reserve will announce its latest interest rate hikes. Okay, so we'll get to we'll get to know if they're easing on that or if they are going to go ahead with their plan of raising it. And then on the third, we have the uh, Bank of England go ahead and talk about their interest rate hikes and their plan for their monetary policy over there in Europe. And then uh, on the fourth, we will have October jobs reports. Okay, so that's going to be a huge earnings decision. Um, As you guys know, or maybe you don't know, but in inflation, you don't want more jobs. So the government tries to lower job expectations, or not the government. The government wants to increase jobs, or creates jobs, but the monetary policy, inflation, the idea of lowering it, we don't want more jobs because we don't want more money in circulation, okay? So uh, we don't want that. A A better way of explaining it is that Uh, During periods of inflation, demand for goods and services rises, and so businesses obviously increase their output, thus hiring people. And so one of the strategies, or I guess you could say strategy is probably not the right word, but one of the methods of trying to lower inflation is by trying to have less jobs growth. Uh, Hopefully that makes sense. So we will have, oh, and then obviously the eighth, right? So we have midterms coming up. That is a huge, huge, huge uh, momentum swinger. I think it's going to be, my guess is probably not good before. And then after it's going to be, we'll, we'll see some big swings. So I'm expecting a lot of volatility in these next couple of weeks and the, basically the whole month of November. Okay. So that's my Jamesism. the four days of November. Remember, remember the four days of November. And then it's the Halloween investment strategy. So there is this thought process. And I, I agree with this. This is an actual term, by the way, guys, this is, this is a real financial term, um, Halloween investment strategy. So the, I'll just read it for you. So the Halloween strategy, the Halloween effect or Halloween indicator is a market timing strategy based on the hypothesis that stocks perform better from October 31st to May 1st than they do from the beginning of May through the end of October. The strategy posits, 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 posits. Oh man, guys, I am so sorry. I don't think I've ever seen that word. P-O-S-I-T-S. I'm showing my age, aren't I? Okay. The strategy 
suggests that it's prudent to buy stocks in November, but then hold them through the winter months, then sell in April. Uh, okay, wow, I just learned a new word, posits. Posits? For sure Googling that after <laughs> after this. Um, but I agree with that. So just statistically, I think historically, um, the return in the latter half of the year has been better than the first half of the year. So it doesn't necessarily mean every single year, but historically on a pretty fair basis, it performs better. So always found that to be very interesting. Okay, those are our terms of the day. Let's get into the news. I don't have much time to tell you all about what's going on. So let's do it. U.S. stock futures are under pressure ahead of a busy week of corporate earnings, a Federal Reserve policy meeting where officials are expected to hike interest rates by 75 basis points in the September jobs report. 75 basis points, if you guys remember, is 0.75%. So anytime you hear a basis point, one basis point is 1%. Okay. Or uh, sorry, it is one-tenth of 1%. It gets confusing. I don't know why they don't just say 1% or 0.75%. They like same basis points for some reason. Uh, The Dow is on track to end the month with its best results since 1976. On Friday, a broad-based rally sent stocks sharply higher as encouraging economic data and a positive earnings outlook boosted investor confidence. Analysts now see third-quarter S&P 500 earnings growth of 4.1%, up from 2.5% previously. The Dow rose 2.6%, the S&P gained 2.5%, and the NASDAQ added 2.9% for the month. The Dow is up 14.4% and the S&P and NASDAQ are also up for the month and on track to snap a two-month losing streak. Treasury yields rose with a 10-year Treasury note yield at 4.06%. In Europe, the annual rate of inflation rose to 107 in October, reaching a record high. The Europe stocks 600 was flat despite the news. In China, stocks were mostly lower as factory activity missed expectations. The Shanghai Composite fell 0.7%. The Hang Seng was down 1.8, and in Japan, the Nikkei rose 1.8% to close at its highest level since September. Oil prices have eased about 1.3% after China expanded COVID-19 curbs. Light sweet crude is now about 86.67 per barrel. Later today, the Institute for Supply Management releases its Chicago Business Barometer for October. The consensus estimate is for reading of... 47.1, about two points higher than September reading. Company reporting earnings today include Aflac, NXP Semiconductors, Stryker, and Williams Co's. Last week, investors can also expect results from Airbnb, AMD. uh, Sorry, later this week, investors can also expect results from Airbnb, AMD, BP, Clorox, uh, Devon Energy, Pfizer, Moderna, Uber, CVS Health, Qualcomm, Cigna, Kellogg's, Starbucks, and many others. So we have a big, big week. Just like last week, we had a we had a great earnings week. Now we have a big one. Um, okay. So real quick, guys, my my expectation. I think we're going to see some volatility just these next couple weeks. I don't think it's anything to to write home about. Uh, but there probably will be buying opportunities. I don't know if I necessarily would recommend trying to time it it's honestly so so difficult to tell like today today is probably going to be down just because it was so high on thursday and friday and that argument i don't even like that argument i think that argument is is not a good one just because something happened bad before does not mean it's going to happen again or just because something bad happened doesn't mean something good has to happen now i don't believe in that but i will say that with all this news it's probably likely that it will be 
that people will prepare for the worst or they will expect they will expect the worst and prepare for the best, which means they're probably going to try and take out their money and look for buying opportunities. That's my guess. Could totally be wrong. People could just be pumping their money. Uh, we don't we don't know. Uh, let's look at some of today's headlines, which I thought were interesting. Blackstone and Emerson Electric announced a $14 billion buyout deal. Emerson will sell a 55% stake in its climate technologies businesses to Blackstone. If you guys know anything about Blackstone, they are buying stuff up. So is BlackRock. Uh, a lot of these investment firms, they're just making moves. There's there's something to be said for that. Uh, General Motors temporarily suspended advertising on Twitter following the takeover by Elon Musk. Uh, that's just, I think, a wise move. They probably want to hear uh, what Elon's trying to do. I know he's trying to do more targeted marketing versus just kind of letting the company go wild, which I appreciate. Um, let's see. Okay, okay. Ooh, wheat prices have surged as much as 6.7% after Russia said it would suspend participation in a deal that allowed Ukraine to ship grain via the Black Sea. So again, Russia not playing fair. Uh, Chrysler parent company Stellantis said it has offered voluntary buyouts to some of its 13,000 U.S. salaried employees. Salaried employees, 55 or under, who have been with the company for at least 10 years are eligible. Interesting. Okay, so we have... This is... Those are, I guess those aren't the best headlines that we've ever had, but I mean, they're making moves. Okay. Anytime Blackstone does anything or BlackRock, I'm very, very interested. Uh, I just don't, I'm very suspicious of them is what I would say. Okay. So here is what I thought the big number for today that I wanted to talk about. And okay, we're right on time. I'll have plenty of time to discuss this. So the big number is 54%. Over half or 54% of adults say they have stopped or reduced their retirement savings contributions because of inflation, according to a new survey by Allianz Life. Another 43% say they have dipped into retirement accounts earlier than expected due to inflation pushing up their cost of living. The survey of 1,000 respondents also found that 62% of respondents worry that a major recession is just around the corner. And 67% say they are nervous about investing but don't want to miss out on a recovery. An overwhelming majority of 80% they worry, say they worry about inf- rising inflation continuing to have a negative impact on the purchasing power of their income over the next six months, while 75% say they believe inflation will affect their retirement plans. That's not good. Millennials were the, mer- were the most likely to say they have stopped or reduced retirement savings at 65% compared to 40% of baby boomers and 59% of Gen X respondents. Okay, this is obviously the big news because that's my age group is the millennials, and it's... I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I'm looking at this. There's a graph here that we put together, um, and I just don't like what people are They're predicting. Okay, they are predicting. And I'm actually ashamed that my generation, who went through 01 as babies, we were essentially babies in 01, but the tech bubble, and then 07, 08, we were teenagers essentially, but we were old enough to know like something was going on. And then obviously when you're older, you're like, oh, I wonder what that's about. So we have had experiences where we've seen things go incredibly bad and then recover. Okay, we have experience with that. I wish that they would realize that the way the stock market works, okay, and this is for everybody. This is for if you're 18 and just starting or if you're one of my clients uh, who's been with me for 10 years or if you're 65 and thinking about investing again. You have a 
large roller coaster ride. That is the stock market. And when you're on that ride, you might see things like uh, a thunderstorm out in the distance, okay, or a tornado over to the side, or there might be some catastrophic event that happens. But if you stop on that roller coaster, it is extremely hard. And this is with, with actual roller coasters too. It is extremely hard to get it started again. And when you wait, you never know when the right time is. You never know when you're going to start. You got to wait for somebody else to come fix the, fix the ride. So I suggest you just stay on the ride, ride the highs, ride the lows, and you will eventually be at a finish line that you will be proud of. It really, really is a easy, it's, yeah, it's easy. It's not, no, it's the other way around, right? It's simple. It's not easy. Okay. I just want to see people play the game. To win, you got to play the game. And uh, I'm going to be reaching out to all my clients who are millennials and make sure that they have, um, to make sure that we're set, that they still feel good about our plan, our investment strategy. And I would recommend if you're a financial advisor listening to this, I know I have a couple of you, uh, you guys just reach out to your clients and just ask them. I can tell you that is worth a million dollars to people, a million dollars. And even if it's just a check-in to say, hey, how you doing? It's, that means a lot. And it will give them confidence that you're good at your job. Even though you're not even, like, you're not doing your job. You're just checking in on them. That will give them confidence, okay? So keep in touch. And if you're a millennial and don't have an advisor, get one, okay? If you don't have an advisor and you're scared about getting one, go to Dave Ramsey. If you guys don't know who Dave Ramsey is, uh, I'm recently, uh, finally, I got validated by him. Uh, by his team, but which is a very complicated process. I have to like do 30 hours of schooling, then I have to take an exam, I have to get a background check, an interview. There's a whole big process with it to be an advisor through Dave. Um, but his strategy, he has baby steps, and it's like a no brainer. He explains everything vividly. Okay. And it's very, very affordable. If not free, you could probably just Google the baby steps to be honest. But if you do not have an advisor and you're thinking about doing stuff, or even if you say you have school debt or you have debt, credit card debt, you have all this stuff. There is a process that you can use via Dave Ramsey that will walk you through how to take care of stuff step by step. Okay. If you don't want someone telling you what to do, then he'll show you what is best to do. And then you can do it yourself. Uh, and he's not, he doesn't actually work with you. He's way too busy. He just has different, uh, lesson plans. They're called baby steps and you walk through the baby steps until you're quote unquote financially free. Okay. So I want to see everybody investing, everybody making money, everybody debt free. There is a way to do it. Okay. You can do it. Uh, that is it for today, guys. I will talk to you guys soon as, as always invest early, invest often, and we'll see you later this week.